we need to keep going. All right. Hour. Okay, here we go. I've been hungry all my Welcome, life. welcome, welcome. Mm-hmm. Welcome to She's Sporting 2.0, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming back with us. Yeah. How are you? How are you doing? Did you have a good week? I know I did. I had a fantastic week. All right? And my illustrious co-host, the star of She's Sporting Like That, Jessica Mason. I know. I know. She had a very good week. Did you have a good week? I had a great week. Whoa. Not so much. My mom was sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, actually, she was was doing all that this week. Yes, you have no idea. Yes. I was out of work. Was bedridden the whole night. Did you do the ginger in the soup situation no because i told you my mother didn't want me to destroy her soup okay okay i'm gonna make it's a medicinal soup but it not only does it work but it tastes fantastic so 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 here's the thing i had a great week because first of all my film premiered in the new york shorts film festival which was great Congratulations. Yes. Again, one of the reasons I was supposed to be there with her. Yeah. And had to call her that day. It was like, listen, I'm not going to make it, but good luck tonight. No, it was actually very, very good because I, I have this rule of thumb about when my, this is our third festival, so I'm very happy about that. And that's what I wanted to do. People keep saying, you should do it. I was like, no, there's a strategy. You want to go through the festival circuit and get laurels. Yeah. You want to establish critical acclaim for your movie before you give it to the public. Um, but you also want to make sure that when you get into a festival, you want to kind of, you, you want to be the best, but you also want to be among the best. So I had to check out the other films, and I'm telling you, I'm like, oh. I mean, I didn't feel inferior. I didn't feel threatened, but I felt very proud to be among some very good filmmakers. They were very good, like, I started taking notes on stuff that people are doing. Like, oh, I'm going to use that scene. I was like, how did you do I, A lot of sci-fi stuff I mean, that looked like Star Wars. I was like, how did you do that? I saw a lot of poignant films, and it's just like a lot of experimental films. So it was really good. And I kept thinking, maybe they saved the best for last, because I was next to the last. But then I realized, no, I think that all the films were very good, and they picked whatever they picked. I think they just scheduled... A, I think they just put everybody in whatever they put them in. All the film, there wasn't like on the last night, this film was, but no, because the best film, because none of the films on the last night won. <laughs> so for any of the awards, but the last film was a beautiful documentary about a school teacher in New York. She's in her like 70s or 80s now, and she, she's living in this apartment by herself, and they show how her apartment got flooded and how her her, what it was is that her world got flooded out and then she had to kind of readjust and it was like when you take that away she has nothing but then she was going through like these books and you see these lyrics very urban lyrics that she's reading and you're like are those yours and she you could probably and then she put this vhs tape in it you know like it was a scary monster and she's then you see where the lyrics came from. One of her students was in, you know, was in the tape from years ago, and you you know it was from years ago because it was like it had to be like the late '90s. She was already gray-haired then. She'd probably been in the school system maybe maybe another 20 years by that time. And he was just, and she just remembered how much joy that he gave her, and 
next thing you know, it, it was the quest to find her. And she found him. <laughs> Being this real serious, like, rapper. You know, he wore a fur coat and just treated her like a princess. And he talked about how he inspired. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. I don't mean to ramble. But look, this is good stuff. And not nothing, this could also be, this is a lead into I say we're in the show. Because as you're talking, I'm thinking hungry, oh filmmaker. Life. Yes. Yeah. Politician. Star. Maybe that different? Mm. Okay, well, wait a minute. How'd you draw the comparison between politician and filmmaker? Because when you were sitting there talking about how you wanted to surround yourself around different filmmakers and put yourself amongst uh, certain people, wouldn't a politician do the same thing? Okay, like look. for instance, if you're a, like if you're a senator or a congressman, assemblyman, or or a governor now, and you want to get to the presidency, wouldn't you surround yourself around certain individuals? We're talking about idealism. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, look, that is true. If you're, hence, if you're the president of the United States, okay, we're just gonna go with the idealistic thought of what that means. The presidency. If you're going to have a great presidency, and the only great president I know, and I've studied a lot of history on this, I love Roosevelt, uh, what's the name, Roosevelt? Frank, FDR? FDR. He was a great president. That's why he was able. I'm after, saying, you got after him, terms, I mean. Listen, after him, they had to change it. Now, he changed the game because he was that good a president, and people, rich, poor, black, white, loved him. And he was truly a politician for the people. And, for you know, you haven't seen a disabled president since. And you never will. I don't think you ever will because he just changed the country. And his story is so fascinating. Well, keep but, in mind, media changed that to a yeah. certain extent. Because yes. at that point, all we had was radio. And he was a very powerful speaker. Yes. So like, yes. when he declared war, when he asked Congress to declare war on December 8th, 1942, there was, I don't think there was a soul listening yes. who didn't think we were going to win that war at the end. Right. And mind you, he didn't win it because he didn't live long enough for it. Okay. But and I say that to say <laughs> that when TV did come into play, that's when things started to change. Because yes. the first, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the first uh, televised debate was Kennedy and Nixon. Yes. And I remember uh, uh, my, one of my media classes, right, when I was in the right, right. broadcasting, the assignment, the uh, professor had us listen to the debate first, and then he had us watch it. Wow. And he said, for those of you who thought Nixon won, raise your hand. And they did. And the ones who thought Kennedy won, raise your wow. hand. And now, the majority of us went for Nixon because technically, yes, when he had us listen to it first, he did win. And he said, anybody who was listening to the radio thought Nixon won. Yeah. Anybody watching it thought Kennedy won. Because Kennedy looked gorgeous up yeah. on that stage. Yeah, aesthetics. And, and that's what we go for. We go for aesthetics, not just in like the aesthetics of, of a family. Like, we, we, we've never seen a single politician. Not really. There might be a few of them out there, but not at that level. But here's the thing, though. Okay, so look, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to go right into it. We're going to talk about the election, the recent election. We're, gonna, we're, we're talking the politics. 2000, the 2018 midterm election. Right. So she's sporting the election today. She's sporting the election. We have to get to it. I mean, yes, we do sports, we do culture and sports and entertainment, but today I, I feel like we, we, we got to get to it. Okay, so look, um, what are your thoughts about, um, what are your thoughts about, okay, what are your thoughts about sports? I mean, about the election. Well, one, I was, I was somewhat pleased because 
Well, some of, some of my predictions actually came into play. Um, I've actually, you know, fanned out the way I thought it was going to be. That the Democrats would take the House, but that the Republicans would still dominate the Senate. And that's exactly what happened. Okay, so is that a good thing? Are we, are we, are we better off? Only time will tell. I mean, if you listen to the experts, just, they say that now the Democrats will actually go forth and actually, you know, put a proper investigation in and do things. And they're going to ask questions and expect results and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Does it mean power? To a certain extent, yes. However, the powers that be that are there now are probably destroying all that evidence. So there's nothing for them to find. Oh, my God. <laughs> see, I, mean, see, I wouldn't even think about that. But you know what? Valid point. They got it, you know, lots of the interns and the people in their offices. It's like they put in a rush order of of shredder. They're using the big shredder. They're using the shredding shredding companies are big business right now. But okay, so what else strikes you about this election? Well, the biggest disappointing to, the, dis, the the biggest disappointment to me was Florida. Really. He was so close, so close, and yet so far. It's almost like the heart. Can you imagine how heartbroken the nation would have gotten had Obama got that far in that one? Wait a minute. But, okay, so there's still some hope, right? Because he's unconceded, and they're waiting on some, they're counting. Florida is going through well, a no, recount. Well, no, no, he, they're going through a recount, yes, but he made his speech. Like, he was okay. No, no, no. But he, he, but he unconceded. So, but again, it's, it's still, a, but you it never was still, know. It was still, a, you still never know, but it was just the fact that it went this far. I'm like, it's, folks, we are in 2018. Are we not? And we're still struggling to put that man there. I mean, come okay. on, we had the presidency already for crying out loud. Florida, get with it. Okay, wait a minute. Let me, okay, so, all right. I know we're going to get to the other two chocolates that are running, <laughs> but. I, okay, I want, I want to stop you right here. Why do we have to put Andrew Gilliam in office? Why? First of all, that one, it would be historic oh, for the state of Florida. That's not state, enough. I didn't say it was enough. I just said it would be historic. I've been hungry I think the man is more than qualified why? for the position. Why? What do you mean, why? Yeah, no, I want to know. See, I, I, she's, she's yelling and it's bursting my ear. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, s- normally, I'm the one that's yelling. All right, so when I yell, I'll just go, Why? Okay, well, okay, okay. Why do you feel like it's clearly there's a distaste here or disapproval dis- or disapproval of him ha- of him being elected? Why do you feel that? No, I don't have a. Uh, let me let me make it clear. I'm more of a critical thinker now. Mm-hmm. I'm not as as quick on the aesthetics or making history. I don't like first black anything anymore because that doesn't mean anything. It makes history, but. A lot of people have been first blacks to do anything, but it, it, my thought is, is that I need tangibles, I need results, I need life changes as a result of you being in office. And I feel like after our beloved president, Obama, I'm still a little bruised about where that's left you know, African-Americans. Now, not that I want to go down that road, but I just want to. And, and we can't. I'm not. I'm, well, I'm just. Rome wasn't exactly built in a day. No, but. He it, but, opened but, the door, no. did what he could. And again, with no help from it, Congress halfway through. Let's keep look, that in mind. Look, look, So. But he did it for. Uh, okay, look. He did it for other folks. Let me get back to. No, but let's go to Andrew Gilliam. And then I, I, I'll refer to Obama. I still want to know what is his agenda and how are how are you personally going to benefit from him being the governor of Florida? 
Well, I'm not. I'm not a Florida resident. Exactly. So, I, so I'm not going to benefit from it one way or another. But me personally, I always felt that that state needed a little toned down. Like, you, you needed a wake-up call in that state, some more or less. And mind you, remember, coming up from the majority, when I was coming up and getting to understand politics, Jeb Bush was the governor of that state the majority sure, of the time. So absolutely. it was just like, okay, what is going on? And I have uh, friends who reside in that state okay, and but, complain about a lot of things. Okay, so taxes how do you know? Taxes not, but taxes being one of them. Well, okay. Uh, Way of life being one of them. Okay. Non-union being another. There's just so How much about the stand your ground law? Hello, Florida. Everything everything that happens down there, I mean, Florida is really always at the, 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 the crux of everything wrong in America. It seems because you've got the shootings, you've got, you've got all this stuff that's going, I mean, listen, it's, it's because of all these different mass shootings, police shootings, stand your ground confrontations. The only thing you got going for you is Disney World. <laughs> You've got that going for you. I, I'll, I'll give you a break on the tornadoes and all that stuff because that's not your fault. But right now, Florida is sort of, it's socially, it's in trouble. So here's my thing. How is Andrew Gilliam going to change all that? How do you know he will change it? How do you know he won't get in there and suddenly, well, you know, as governor. Well, I mean, this is politics. We don't know. You got to take a chance. You're rolling the dice. You're going in there right. you're giving your vote and you're taking a chair and that's with anybody that's with anyone okay hell, so we hell we were taking those of us who gave her vote those who was who showed our support we were doing that with hillary at the same time oh too. We my were not god my ears are hurting we from not, hearing we, that we would not have known what what she would have done or what she would have, what would have happened if she taken off as no hell. she could have brought we, back all her husband's policies no we don't know that no but again it's politics They're sorry all hillary lost. please don't bring back three strikes until you open the doors of the people who have been in prison because of three strikes. I'm just going to put that out. Well, at this point, does it really matter? Yes. To the person who's been behind bars for 20 years for well, crimes no, in terms didn't of commit. Well, I mean, well, yes, in that case, yes. But I mean, in terms of her. Yes. Uh, you say that's the wrong. And what power does she have to do that right now? Exactly. So what are you worried about in terms of her? No, no I ain't worried about her. <laughs> I ain't worried. Here's my thing. Just the philosophy of how and why we well, look, gone, well, gone are the days of uh, best man for the job. We feel like this one could do it. Those days are long gone. No. Now, quite frankly, they may have been gone pat before my lifetime, but I saw it go look, with W. Look, let me, let, me, let me tell you, this is politics today. And we're going to uh, squeeze in even Ben Jealous and, of course, Stacey Abrams, who has not conceded because she's waiting on the final count, which I don't blame. No, okay. I don't either. I don't, either. I don't blame. I don't blame. Waited out to the very last minute, to okay. the last second. So here's my thing. Um, I just feel like this. When you say that we have to roll the dice, I think you're automatically voting for the status quo because there's no agenda. There's no plan. Everybody else, interest groups, other races, when they vote, they're not rolling the dice. They're already going in. They're, they're cashing in with their candidate because money is what rules politics. Because if you look at how candidates have gotten into office early 1992, that started out with raising campaign funds. That's why they had such a, 
a controversy with the limit of campaign funds. That's and let me just add Obama in there. The fact that he would go on the internet and raise money that way to stay within the guidelines is one of the things that propelled him to the presidency because it was grassroots. But at the end of the day, a lot of candidates that get the airtime, a lot of the candidates that get policies made, they're funded. So if you have the entire airline industry lobbying a particular candidate to get into office, that candidate is going to be beholden to the airline industry to pass laws and to protect them so they can do whatever they want. They've, they've rented or bought that candidate. So that's really what politics is today. That's part of it. Then you have, then you have, the, the other part of it is this. That's why when people talk about whether or not your vote matters, it's like, yeah, if you, if you are a voting block and if you cultivate an interest group, yes, your vote matters. Your vote is going to matter, but if you're just voting because, well, let's see what he's going to do. No, 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 no. Today, in today's world, that will that will not work anymore. No. Because you're going to vote for the status quo. And you, you, basically, you're just voting for somebody else's interest because you're voting for that candidate, but a, another interest group got, got them. When Obama got into office, LBGTQ, got laws passed they got the laws passed they can get married now thanks to him all right well what uh look here bruh is the south side still with you are you still with the south side you start with what was all the south sides they're telling us to wait they, they say things like you gotta wait no we don't have to wait because we showed up and showed out twice now I still, don't get me wrong I love Obama for who he is, for the historic thing. But the problem is, is that there's no agenda, I think, for African-Americans that we passed. And they keep saying, you know, well, you should have given the agenda. No, you cannot be a black candidate and not know what the agenda for black people are. You, you cannot wait for us to give you the agenda. You have to automatically know that housing, businesses, law enforcement, education, you have to automatically know where we stand on that in any state. I don't care what you are. So when I ask, who'd you vote for? You talking about voting? All right, cool. Who'd you vote for? And what did you vote for? Where, where, how are you? I, I think it's okay for you to be like, how am I going to benefit from this particular candidate being in office? Is my life going to be better? Am I going to be able to get a, 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 a land grant uh, am I going to be able to gentrify my own uh, uh, neighborhood with a uh, housing grant? Am I going to be able to open? Because everybody else has businesses, but not African-Americans. They Sure, there's some out there, but not sanctioned enough to build the communities. So when a candidate gets in there, I need laws passed. I, I need laws passed that's going to protect us judiciously, judicially. I need to make sure that we don't have to do mandatory minimums. I need to make sure that there's something because there's some, they just recently got a judge, right, who went out of office. And what he did was he released a whole lot of the prisoners that he put in jail. And he backed up all the cases so the next person can just so the next judge replacing him will suddenly be, you know, uh, uh, backlogged with all these cases because he 
the, the, the prison industrial complex exploded under his judgeship. Mm. Because he just liked being hard on crime. So if you if you stole like a candy bar, you would get five years, maybe ten years in jail. He loved being hard. So my thing is, I need a candidate that's going to get that guy. I need a candidate that has an agenda to get that guy. So I'm thinking, I feel like you need tangibles. You got to earn my vote now. Because it's, I'm done with the symbolism. I need some tangibles. I need my life to be different. Because everybody else... Their lives are different. Think about it. The LBGQ community, they can get married now. They can get married now. What? So your candidacy has to produce that type of tangible. Now. Now, in the past, when we wanted that, what happened? It wasn't just about a candidate. The community themselves came together, and that's something that the African-American community has not done for decades, is come together and rally enough to make change for ourselves. Never mind the candidate. Now, when we wanted something, we forced it enough. Nothing else, we put ourselves in predicaments where we forced change, where they forced to have to make change. When, I mean, quite frankly, when, um, what was the bill? LG, uh, LB, Lyndon Johnson signed. The Civil Rights That gave us the right to vote. Mm-hmm. across the board which quite frankly I understand why we needed that we had the 14th Amendment well so let's not go there but either way you <laughs> signed that which gave us the right now we started putting our own candidates in office whenever the opportunity presented itself but that bill we had leaders that had forced his hand to do that we came together We there was crimes in the street there was riots here they got Come on, there was so much going on. It's like, okay, what am I going to do? I have no choice. I'm going to have to have peace in this country. If I'm going to have to make progress, I'm going to have to do this. So, again, we as a community, yes, we marched on Ferguson. We, you know, we did our thing for Trayvon. We did our thing for Michael Brown, for Eric Garner. Yes, we did these things. Heck, for the only time in New York, and I was out there with him, we shut down the West Side Highway. Again, we need more of that. We need more of that, and history has shown us when we put ourselves out there, that's when things change. Now, now, who's the candidate that's gonna come up before us and do this? Now, did I think the Blasio was one of them? Did I think, did I think the Blasio was gonna be one of them? Yeah, who is the candidate? That's my music. Well, we don't know. And hopefully we'll have to see. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be one of our own because in the past it was never one of our own. Wait, wait. So, I agree with you that I did think it was going to be de Blasio. And I think, again, you know why? And his turn's just, not over. So but, we don't but know no, what's just, coming. But that was probably just based on his aesthetic alone. Just based on his aesthetic. The fact that he had this interracial family and we felt that he is a part of us and then there was some of the policies and then just the fact that he seemed liberal and all this other kind of stuff well I love what he's done with the education thus far what has he done allowed preschoolers to go to school full time mm-hmm do you know what that does for single moms and child care sure do you know what that does for parents in general and child care okay so what about everybody else that don't have preschoolers okay that's well, that's just one. Okay. And that's and that's one. That's that's helped tremendous amount of families in New York City. That's okay. one. Okay. Now, All right. What else we can do? Um, I mean, quite frankly, I don't know. Where, I wouldn't even know where to begin to try to fix the the, the catastrophe that Bloomberg has done to the educational to the Board of Ed in okay. New York City. So th- that will not be fixed under his term, honey. You ain't got enough time in a, in a term I, to fix that. I'll um, chew on the De Blasio preschooler bone. I'll chew on that. I just feel like. I feel like people can do what they want to do in the time they want to do it. Hence, the problem is, is that 
Trump is proving that that can be done. Like there's so many things that he's done in a short amount of time just because I get it. He also has a Congress behind him that's proving it. He also, I mean. And, and, and when you have that, but that's one thing. That, but, well, one thing I will say is too, look at the party that he's under. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And nothing, nothing, Republicans have been known to push that envelope faster whether or not they had Congress or not. Yeah. Now, now, why do you think that is? Why? I have no idea. One of the things I'm a Democrat, where your balls, get them. Yeah, uh, but but <laughs> see, but here, hence, I personally, I yeah. believe that Republicans and Democrats Stop. are just one big party. And they pass around the presidency and offices like a party joint, you know. I mean, well, typically, I mean, I mean, if nothing else, the last what 20, 30 some odd years have proved that because whenever yeah the Republicans were uh, in head of office of um in the presidency, typically they didn't have Congress or they only had one section well, of Congress the House and then it would switch over as each one would go on so if we had a Republican president we had a Democratic Congress and we had a Democratic president we had a Republican Congress like it would go back and forth and so well, there's really well Reagan I think had Reagan a, had it all he had it all just like Trump did Reagan and had a, it and all. Thing, but here's now the Obama when he came in he had it all yes and lost it Every every which each year that I went, he lost it, and by the time he left, he had no support in Congress at all. But you know what? I and will, we have nobody to blame but us for that. Well, he, okay. So well, he, you expect and that's going back to what you said before. You expect him to make change easily without the support of Congress. You think it was easy for him to pass that bill so that gay people can now get married? Okay. So here's my thing. If 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 because well, here's the thing though. Especially with half of the South, more than the half of the South being Bible Belt states, are you kidding but, me? But here's the thing though. You also have gay Republicans as well. So 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 they weren't gonna get. So here's the thing. It was probably gonna be easier because if you didn't have any gay Republicans at all, you probably would not have been able. But I'm pretty sure that there are gay Republicans just in general that, and you also have a gay Republican constituency that can also vote that particular senator or house representative who's also gay there. So that, I, I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, they're going to agree with Obama on that because a lot of them want to get married. However, I just don't, I, I, I feel like this, that in terms of the symbolicness and the aesthetic, you know, when the shootings happened, a lot of the shootings started under Obama. Don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-Obama. I voted for him twice. But I feel like just the idea of wanting to hold on to the support of the country so therefore he sort of he was very soft when it came to the shootings of African Americans and I don't and, and in terms of the prison industrial complex and everything that affected our community I just felt he was soft on that sure he got into Congress and he he was just a bull for every, everything else and I think that that's where I'm a little bit sore I think in terms of just candidacies, because when you look at anybody else who's been in the office, it's like, okay, well, who's going to work for us? Who's going to work? Even if you look at the public in general, because everybody kind of leans on healthcare as being the main issue, because that's something that everybody needs. So that then it becomes the ultimate cause everyone champions. They're so busy on healthcare that stop and frisk is not an issue. They'll, they'll lean on immigration. They'll lean on that. Oh my God, they'll lean on immigration to an extent because, of course, when you look at well, that, what, well, based on what you're talking about, and trust mm -hmm. me, I think it is definitely a big to do around the nation as a whole. Yes, but it's not just Obama. I feel like the federal government as a whole, yeah, falls back from that. Yes, and lets that lets the state states 
you know, state let that deal with on a state to state basis. And unless you know, like what was happening in Ferguson, unless they got to send the National Guard up in there, that's the only time that the federal government will get involved. Other than that, I think they try to leave that on a state to state basis. Now, in the past, where we've had our issues here in New York with the stop and frisk. L.A. and California, oh, y'all yeah. had them stories. With, uh, damn the stop and frisk. You slamming kids down on cars, yes. on the concrete and not. So those... It- yeah, uh, no, I totally agree with you. That you know, a lot of people is like, no, don't don't sleep on California. Los Angeles has I has had a history of the most corrupt police. Oh, the LAPD. Yeah, not even talk about the LA, but LAPD. Okay, it, it's it's tough out there. You know, don't you know? I went when Straight Outta Compton first came out. The yep. movie. I yep. was in Pasadena. I was at I was working and I was working in Pasadena at the time. <laughs> and a group of us were like, we just got we're out here in California. Like we gotta go see it. Hell, I was even ready to go buy a Raiders jersey and everything to dress up to go see it. And we were watching, and it was like, not much has changed in 30 years, has it? You know, and, <laughs> and, but when I came back, I was like, you know what? We had our, our, our you know, our run-ins with NYPD here, but I don't think it was ever that bad. So I went ahead and started, you know, walking around and asking. Yeah. I had one gentleman tell me, he said, listen, lived in Brownsville my whole life. He goes, I was out there. I was in the game. He goes, I yeah. even did a little time for it. Yep. He goes, did I have to... Did he goes, did I have my run-ins with NAPD? Of course I did. He goes, did I have the, the stop and frisk, get up against the wall, let me stop and frisk you? Yes, I had that. He goes, but that whole slamming me on the ground, oh. up against the car, feeling all up on my... He goes, none of that. He goes, I never, ever had to experience oh, that. Oh, yeah. So that tells me, again, this is a state-to-state thing. Yeah, I mean... It, like, because each one would have their, I guess, your police commissioner or your sheriff for how it is will basically allow will give the jurisdiction for their officers or what they will and will not allow to them to get away with but but here, here's the thing and Poli- i think most nypd officers know that there's a certain envelope to which they cannot go past and yeah. most of them ain't gonna risk their pension on that so i guess that's why some but here's wasn't. the interesting thing the, the pension that the the, the, the the police unions all over the, they're an interest group Oh yeah. The poli- so you can imagine this is why they're able to do what they're doing right now. Well, that and- makes me wonder again. What is the 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 uh, the police commissioners out in California like? What what exactly? What is the threshold exactly that you give your officers here that gives them the right to do these things? Well, look, they all they may be in different states, but they all have a blue wall, a blue wall of silence, a code of conduct. No matter where you go. Oh, you and- learn that before you come out to the academy. Yeah, I mean, so and and here's the interesting thing. There's a lot of fires going on in California right now. Literally. Literally. You know, the, the, the California, it's hot. It's on fire. It's on fire. The um, poor emergency guys are exhausted. I was watching the news where they saw, well, first of all, they just had a, a massive shooting out there. You know, 12 folks dead. God bless their souls. Craziness. And they had to go directly from there to cover the fires. Right, wait, but here's what mm-hmm. Trump, Trump, this is the interesting thing about what Trump tweeted. He tweeted about the the mismanagement of the fires the mismanagement of the forest and if they don't get it together let's see if we can find the actual quote so he's actually threatening no more funding so when you talk about the state to state thing I, I i think in terms of just the um the whole idea of whether or not a president can govern. Look, if you're president of all 50 states, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so help me out here. I mean, 
when do you, when when is it the state? When do you not get involved with the state? And when do you? I've been hungry all my life. I don't understand. Yeah. It's like me, when. Me in other words, I feel, well, me personally, I feel like that goes on a the a lot of that also bases off the relationship that the president has with that particular governor of the state. Right, because when you don't like that governor, and you oh you gonna do everything you can to make that governor's life hell, including withdrawing your funding. Right. So here's the thing. All right. The states that you know. Wait a minute, come on, man. You're my boy. I need your help. I need this money. Otherwise, I can't make this happen, et cetera, et cetera. You think you know your president's not gonna make sure you have the funding to do what you need to do? Okay. So look, look. Okay. So here's the here's the actual here's the actual tweet. This one, this one right here? Yeah. There's no reason for these massive, deadly, and costly... Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Sorry, people. We had a little bit of a... Uh, um, advertisement there. Advertisement there. <laughs> it's a nice sound effect. So here we go. There is no reason for these massive, deadly, and costly forest fires in California, except that forest management is so poor. Billions of dollars are given each year with so many lives lost all because of gross mismanagement of the forest. Remedy now or no more federal payments. Now, that is, hmm. now look, that is the President of the United States saying that. That's what he's saying. So here's my thing. Does he have the authority to do that? He's the President of the United States. No one's going to question that authority. Hence Obama, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Because a lot of times what they did with Obama, they said, you can't get involved because you have to let the states govern themselves. But here you have Donald, this is my thing. You have different politicians who will get into office and do things that they probably told the other president that they couldn't do, mm -hmm. or maybe the president felt that he couldn't do. So you got Donald Trump who can do this, who can send out a tweet publicly and threaten California like that. And yet, we say that Obama couldn't do it, and I get it because it, it's the politics. He had the Congress against him, whatever. Well, you know, it's not like Trump has this high approval rating from anybody. He's got people in his own cabinet. Last time I checked, that's trying to do him in. You know, i.e., New York Times article. But, but my my point is, is that I guess what I'm trying to say is that I think that if you you talked about the Democrats having balls. I think that a president, any president, you have to have the cohenas to get in there and govern whichever state you need to govern along with all the other 50 states. You've got to be able to step up and do that in a more positive way. I don't agree with that tweet that Donald Trump sent, but I'm saying you've got to be able to... to and, and I'm not saying that Obama didn't do any of that. I just feel like I'm a lot more discriminating it with my vote I, I don't just give it away you've got to pay for it you've got to deliver you've got to deliver more tangible you've got to deliver a established record of changing at least my life and the life of the african-american community and then I've, I've got to be able to see that you that you can get in there and do that you, you can get in there because then once I see that you can get in there and do that then the money can follow once the money can follow, then guess what? I am more inspired uh, by the local elections because it's like, okay, I know that this is all coming together. I think... Well, I think that's where it begins. 
Well, you but, start with the local ones, who ones who will push the envelope on the local level, because those are the ones who will give the president the approval to do what you want them to do or push them the agenda for what you want. That's right. why the midterm elections are more so important than anything. I, well, well, here's the thing. I can I okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out my conspiracy theory. All propaganda. It's all propaganda. Suddenly we care about these midterms elections. It's always been important. I get it. Always but been you know why is I think because now we slowly, especially the new generation, the new millennials, realize what happened in twelve and in fourteen when they didn't. Well, not only that, but also too just the idea that because but we also at that time didn't imagine that Trump would be. Forgive me, that. in ten and in fourteen. Excuse me. Right. No. Right. Uh, we we didn't imagine that Trump would would get in there, and I feel like obviously Trump is sort of like. You put Obama in there, we're going to slap you with Trump. Well, not for nothing. I had um, a colleague tell me that her mother told us, like, the night that Obama was elected and everybody in the neighborhood was yelling and all happy. That was a great night. It was an awesome night. And her mother just sat there like, we're going to pay for this. Yeah. We're going to have to pay for this. And she didn't know what it was. None of us knew what it was. But she kept saying, like, there's going to be a response for this. Mm. And we're going to have to pay for it. And sure enough, it is. We if this is, We're paying. We're paying. Yeah, because we're paying. But here's my thing, though. I mean, I, I just think that the average American voter needs to understand really how politics works. Let me look something. Well, how, how easy is that when, because you, I have my own, you have your theory, um, propaganda. And I could agree with that to a certain extent, especially since, in my belief, DC, you're not the one controlling the pulling the strings, as far as I'm concerned. And of you're course not, not. Now, in my opinion, now in your opinion, who's pulling the strings? Exactly. No, in your opinion, who's pulling the strings? I'm asking a legit question. Oh, okay. I money. Anybody with money is pulling. Okay, so look. Let me and take. and who has the money? Okay. Where is the money? Corporate. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh no, I would totally disagree with you on that. The corporate. Who do you think has the money? Hollywood. Hollywood got no. DC in their back pocket and they, Look, mm-hmm. no, let me tell you. Okay. In the script in your back pocket, honey. Wait, 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 wait. The number let me to tell you DC. how it's working. Okay, so there's this great book. For those of you, okay, let me prove my point. There's a great book called Political Mercenaries. The inside story of how fundraisers allow billionaires to take over politics. The book is by Jim Arcadis. Arcadis. Political Mercenaries. And it talks about how it creeped in just as Clinton was getting into office. And, and you know, back then, you just voted. You know, you had to have issues, and you also, you did have to have voting blocks, and it was about interest. Well, but, I, was, well I was young back then. I didn't, um, politics wasn't exactly on my radar. Even though it I was do, no money. Although I do recall, because me and my sister used to stay up, and I uh, sneaked to stay up to watch Arsenio, I recall oh, yes. when he came up to play a saxophone. I remember that was a big deal. When he did but that. that was an aesthetic. I mean, but no, no, no. But, um, that was an aesthetic. Yes. Yes. But he knew what he was doing, and he knew the public that he needed to get in to win. Right. And I know black folks came out in the droves. Oh yes, we did. But now, since you, you know, you were a little bit older at that time, was there any doubt for you that Bush wasn't going to get his second term? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of that. There was doubt because we came out of the Re- Bush was an extension of the Reagan era. Right. As far so, as well, yeah. So no, and and the thing about it was he he did not have that. What Clinton represented was something new. We felt that he was for us. That uh, we, we felt that Clinton was for us. Um, at that particular time, I remember when he first got elected. I actually saw him in person. He's not as tall as you might think he is, but 
uh, but he's a tall, statuesque, very handsome man. Again, that aesthetic did it too, because you've got Bush and you've got Clinton. Yeah. So right there, but then he's playing the saxophone on Arsenio. So right there, black people felt yeah, the idea of having a black president was so far. So of course we. This was the close. This was the closest we this, could get to that. So we said black pre. And we deemed him that just because it seemed like he liked us. He had a he had a political office in Harlem. Okay. So we, we almost wanted to like him as the second coming of Kennedy. That's what it was. It was he was our modern day Kennedy, and he was great the very first term because as soon as he got elected, in Washington D.C., Georgia Avenue is the main uh, uh, avenue in terms. In, in, in D.C. and it was really the chocolate city at that time. It was all black. So to go up Georgia Avenue, you're going up the actual, it was like going to the Champs-Élysées in, in Paris. You're go, To go up Georgia Avenue, you're literally saying I'm with you. So he got in a motorcade and he was go. there was a parade for him up Georgia Avenue. It's like uh, being in Times Square. For him to be going up there shaking hands personally with the people. Black people, at that point, we felt like, yeah. I mean, but he was doing that throughout his campaign. So Bush, Bush wasn't going to get a second term because we were, we were ready for the Reagan era to be done. Even though there was desert, uh, there was Desert Storm and all of that stuff with Bush, and it was crazy because I think uh, Bush Senior, there was just a lot of aesthetic faux pas with him. Like I remember, he was, I think he was over in. Uh, 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 Asian com- country, and he publicly threw up <laughs> during one of the events right there. I mean, there were just a lot of different things. Not to say that there wasn't any other things that then there was the Willie Lynch. So you have to understand, we had Willie Lynch, We had a, there was a lot of public faux pas there, and then here you have Clinton that comes and says, hey, I'm not going to do that to you. But that was... I mean, not for nothing, for eight years we were at peace. Yeah. For eight years we were at peace, and as a kid, looking back, when I look back at that time, the 90s was damn good times, but I'm not it realizing... It was a great time. I'm not realizing that massive of black men are going to jail around me. I'm not seeing that. Right, right. I'm not well, seeing well, we, that... We, none of us were. I didn't see them getting locked up for... Minimal drugs, so you got this little bit of weed on you, and this one's got um, the three strikes was always that danger, but it was but it was intended for the person, it the 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 the, the propaganda was it was it was intended for the person who just wouldn't stop committing crimes. Right. So the third strike was okay. You're just going to continue to be a menace to society, so we're just going to lock you up to to cut the crime down. What we didn't realize it was the beginning of the prison industrial complex, which is the private. See, my thing is. The, the private, private sector, yes. Yeah, privatizing prisons and turning them into businesses. So and we, I didn't and I didn't realize that. My father well, nobody had, did. Well, my father explained that to me years later as a teenager. Yeah. And broke it down for me, especially in the South, how much of a business it truly was. Right. And again, like everybody else, I glorified Clinton when his wife was running. I was from time. First of all, when she ran for senator in New York, this is the first time I'm old enough to vote. So you damn right, I put my 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 support behind her even towards the election when she yeah. was president. I was still yeah. putting my hope, my putting my hopes behind her and putting my support behind her, praying to God that you never brought back in Congress policies that put us in the pay toilet later. Yeah. Now, a piece of me would like to think, not with everything, but certain things that he and Gore didn't realize what they were doing. Mm. Because even he said, damn, if I could go back, he said himself, if I could go back, there were policies that I would not put into place because I didn't realize what was happening or what would come to us in the millennium. Yeah. Now, had 
score one like you're supposed to, yeah. I think he would have realized, oh shit, what do we do? Okay, hold on. Let me stop this. Let me stop yep. this. Let me stop this yeah. and, and fix it before stop. it gets worse. However, that wasn't on Bush's agenda. No, they stole that election. So that I, wasn't good. None of those that yeah. he, that him and uh, Clinton had messed up in the 90s, yeah. he didn't have nobody was going to fix that. And now here it is when Clinton comes in, he's got how many years? Yeah. Uh, between, okay, now I got to fix not only what Clinton had made, had thought he was doing right but made wrong. Now I got to fix the eight years of Bush at the same time. Yeah. So, again, what you had asked for, he had so much to do coming in. I didn't fo- I didn't anticipate him to focus on black folk. I really didn't. I, and I knew if anybody was going to do it, it wasn't going to be him because he couldn't. But listen, I see, that's where you and I differ. I have a different perspective on that. I have to say, no, I believe he could have given us at least one thing. He gave the LBGT community one thing. He even gave immigrants one thing. He did give us one thing. He gave us one thing the same that he gave everybody else, health care. I don't care about no health care. Who cares about health care if we're dying? We're dying. We're dying. We're dying. We're dying. Health care is not going to help you if you're dead. It's not going to help you. And and what I'm saying is is that you have all these things. Okay, and I say, okay, I'll say this. I say it did help. Granted, what is it going to help you if you're dead? Yes. However, one of the reasons, and I think this was a big to-do, I just think he why black done it. folks couldn't get ahead, because even when they were saving and doing stuff that you needed to do, somebody would get sick. And we don't have the proper credentials to help for insurance to pay for this. So now the money's coming out of everybody's pockets but, to help pay for grandma's medicine and help pay for this one but, to get this surgery and help but, do this. If we had the proper health care, we would need that. But here's the thing. That's a priority issue. Health care over the gunshots. I mean... I, it all needed to be rectified. But, I'm but saying, I you can't say he, that he didn't give us anything. No, I... He, Listen, and not for nothing, uh, we all got friends in the LGBT community. Just, and when that bill listen. came out, the first thing I did was call my friend. Was like, "Yo, you can get married. Congratulations, okay?" Because that community have been fighting for that for decades. But okay, here's, but here's hiding the in the closet for years, hiding from. I don't want to wait anymore. I don't think that that African Americans should be waiting. We're, we've been waiting for fifty years. <laughs> Shit, we're waiting for longer than that. I mean, we no, because like we the, the the only time that we can go back to something being passed for us. And it's like we we the reason why you can't say anything between 1970 and now is because we haven't had anything done for us truly since the civil rights bill. Right. And it's like that's and that is the travesty. I'm sorry with him being eight years in power. I mean, I'm a little sore at him for that. Yeah, I get that he's done a lot. I think that there are over. 350 achievements that he made as president for the country as a whole. But the problem is, is that he did focus on certain groups and it's like, listen. And not for nothing, he campaigned. When he campaigned, he said, I'm looking at everyone. He wasn't just focusing on black folks. So again, and he had to do that. So again, we knew ahead of time. But you talk about an agenda. We knew what the agenda was coming in. He wasn't just focusing but on here's this. my thing. He but, was focusing on everyone, and he told listen, us that from day one. No, here's, yeah. He says I have to be the president of everybody, but here's the problem. But we voted. And if you wanted to ensure that second term, which you did, he knew what he had to do. And the second term yielded nothing. And what I'm saying is, is that I, w- I, I believe that, too. I said, okay, let's give him four years. But the second four years, you need to go balls out. And I, uh, and I expected that. Honestly, and, and you know, he did, and and he honestly, did not. And honestly, you know what I thought he was going to do on the way out? What? Make we legal. 
Oh my like, god. Here you go. I'm gonna drop this dime for y'all on the way out, and here you go. I Here's just, my token for you. I thought he was gonna even do it. I said, no. That's I, what I was waiting no, for. I, said, I was expect- do that on your way out. No, I was expecting I said, no, I'm expecting you to go gangster. I need some gangster stuff to be happening in the way. I mean, like, you know like I'm gonna let people out of jail. I'm gonna do this. He did. He did. He, no, listen. He did. You say that like he didn't do it. He did okay. what he could. But at the same time, had he done that, would we have seen Obama? Would the public have seen Obama? No. What do you mean the public hadn't seen? What do you mean by they that? They would have saw Farrakhan in there. They would have saw Malcolm X in there. Had he went gangster the way you wanted him to. Yes. They wouldn't have seen Obama in the office, and that would have caused all kinds of problems. And you listen, know it. No, look. Listen. I'm not. Listen. I have to make a public apology right now to Dr. Cornell West and, Tra- and Tavis Smiley. I felt that when they were coming against Obama in the beginning of his presidency, they were saying, look, we have to ask for what we need. We have to demand what we need. And people kept saying, no, give them a chance. Don't mess it up. Give them a chance. Don't mess it up. And you know what? Eight years went by. And I'm sorry. You cannot be the first. Listen, it isn't enough to be the first black president and then you and 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 African Americans who voted for you twice to put you in there and keep you in. On hope that we, because we. Well, you do know it wasn't us that got him in there the second time. That was the Latino community that kept him. We got him in there. They kept him in there. It's, listen. Let's, I'm just saying, let's be real. No, no. I, the numbers show, the, the, the numbers will reflect listen, what I just said. Right. And guess what? They got. We got they, him. We got him in there. They kept him in there. We voted for him twice. I did too. I'm not saying that I didn't. But, but the numbers show something strategically different meaning that tells me that a lot of black folks who did vote for him the first time around probably 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 because they came to their senses and said hey you're not doing nothing for us it didn't come out the second time around you're not doing nothing for us i'm disillusioned i kept the hope alive and voted twice and so here's my thing whenever it comes to voting for a candidate i need i look i need some tangible i need some collateral on the table in the form of tangibles what have you done for me lately I need to make sure that when you get into office, I need a bill passed that's going to make my life better and easier. I need a land grant. I need a housing grant. I need a business. I need, listen. I agree. I agree. And one thing. Education. You need training. I want. Well, you see who gave us that? Who? Who? No, no, no. We need. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. Can you hit one, two, three? Can you hit tab number four, please? Uh, where, where am I at here? Right there. There you go. That man right there. Okay, listen. He did what he could. He could for the state of New York. Mr. That's he's in charge Mr. of New York, Cuomo. and that's what he did. Mr. Cuomo, do you have anything that's going to abolish the school-to-prison pipeline? Anybody? Does anybody? I just want to know who's going to abolish it. Because when we talk about education, I just want to make sure that that, that the rate at which uh, people of color, black and brown people, get suspended from school. And ultimately, the, again, that's the school-to-prison pipeline. So that means you're going to have to be on people who are pri- with the privatized prisons and with the schools. I, I need that to be abolished. I, I need to see the tangible on that. Um, I need to see it. I need to see it. Okay. 
Okay. I, that, that's all I'm saying because well, well, that's no more saying. no, no well, more wait. no I, more rhetoric no more campaign promises. I know what the problems are. I just want to see it. Well, one of those Abolished. issues I feel like like well one of those issues that you are talking about right now. Even though I feel I see where he's going with that. Even though I don't feel like that's a solution to the problem. Blood the Blasio, and that's the close the uh, the closing of Rikers. Oh please, the the majority of people who are in Rikers are waiting for their day in court. Mm-hmm. You need, I, personally, yeah, you need to close Rikers if that's what you're doing. But that's not a solution to the prison problem. That's just a Band-Aid. What's the solution to that? I'm not. How about we don't even put them in prison until they get their day in court? Because that's just American justice. That's just that's what everybody else gets. Those are rights that the average American has, but people of color are in there. Okay, I'm sorry, I got a little bit of a problem with that. What? So you gonna stay out until it's time for you to get trial? Speed up the trial dates, <coughs> but to, but to so have so, you. So I'm sorry. This no, pedoph- come so this on, pedoph- man. So this pedophile that we got on trial right here, we supposed to leave him out in the general public until it's time for his trial. What's to stop him from going after other little kids? But here's the thing, though. That's okay. But here we go. Are you sure that he's guilty of it? I've been hungry all my life. You cannot put the innocent. You, you can't be guilty until proven innocent. Well, no, you're innocent until proven guilty. Yes. Hence the Central Park Five. Hence. Yes. Yes. Okay. That is no. You don't need to put anybody in prison uh, on a on a holding. So speed up. If you really want them to be in prison, speed up that date. Don't. But two and three years. No, not two and three years. No, these judges be setting those dates two and three years out the gate like that. And so that's why I'm saying you have to be. It's about American justice. That's all I'm saying. So now you're gonna have. You're going to have um, these particular... Okay, listen. No. I've been hungry all my I am going to protest right now. Just stop. Yes. Just yeah, right over there. So now, as we were talking... and If as I'm we... in that picture, if I go online, I'm going to shut this down. They're taking pictures. I do not want to be in the picture. Okay. So anyway, we're having a photo session here. But here's my thing with, with the whole thing. You must be discriminating discriminating mm-hmm. with your vote because I, because that's how you're because that's what power is so you say not voting at all if that's the case because yes you know why because you must earn my vote you can't just take my vote because guess what you can take my vote for granted that's the problem that's why you don't have to, listen that's why you don't have to pass any you can go in there have a full term and not give me anything i voted for you and i'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing all i'm saying is that to not utilize it at all is is what is degrading to the ones who came before us who fought for us to have it oh i love that argument let's take it there let's get this did you hear that ladies and gentlemen excuse me i feel like every it is the ultimate propaganda it is the ultimate propaganda to whoa, 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 guilt whoa, whoa. us whoa, whoa, whoa. into voting because of the people that march. Okay, let's talk whoa, whoa, whoa. about people got marched, people got hoses and dogs, and they got they, killed, and but they died. Yes, they died for what? What they died for? For the right to vote. No, they for the didn't. cause to vote. No, I, listen. The if fact they, that those folks went out there and did that for listen, me and themselves, listen, I will go listen. to that voting booth every single election and do it because I can. Do you? And because think, I have the right to do it, and because folks. Why do you get, think those people wanted to vote? So they can make change. Exactly. So if change is not happening, do you think that those people who died would say, go ahead and vote even if segregation and Jim Crow remains? No, but they would say, go vote for the Green Party or go vote for something or do what you can with your vote. You don't do nothing with it at all. Listen, 
You are voting. You are voting for change. You are voting for results. You are not voting for. You are not voting for the status quo. They're, they didn't march and die for the status quo. That's not what they did. Okay, thank you. And so I'm saying you must be discriminating with your vote to make people respect your constituency to them. To respect. That's how you get laws changed. Because let me tell you something. Guess what? Corporate America is doing it very well. They can't argue with that one. That, that, that's why they, that's power. And what I'm saying is, is that, no, if, if I think about if I think about all the people who have died, the blood that's been shed, I'm uh, not just the civil rights movement, but all the people who tried to vote right after slavery, because they tried to do it even right out of slavery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is, they didn't vote for. They, I just want the right to vote, even if slavery stays. No, they wanted to vote so they could affect the change and affect society. So if we're not affecting society if. If, if the current state of politics and voting keeps people oppressed, keeps people in a state of, like, for instance, here's what I believe. I don't have a problem with immigration. I do have a problem with uh, immigrants taking, I do have a problem with people coming over here and being able to get businesses and get all the benefits that we, the American citizens, are being deprived of. I, I, I don't like that. That's not, that's not fair. Especially when we built this country. No, 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 no. Do I believe that somebody should be able to come to this country? Because we're all immigrants. Talk to the Native Americans, ladies and gentlemen. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, because the greatest words that they can say is "Welcome to my country," <laughs> you know. So that's why I don't have a problem with that. What I'm, what I'm saying is, is that how long are you going to continue to wait and just live according to the status quo? You can't live on hope forever. It's like, okay, I'm ready for my freedom now I'm ready for equality right now because I've been patient I've been law-abiding and I'm just saying look it would be to me being the first black to do something doesn't mean anything if you can't get anything done so what That, that that first black title which I abhor, by the way. I abhor that because Listen, all it does is means that you have opened up the door for the ones to come behind you who want to, like, for instance, who want to do something, listen, but not who actually can. Okay, listen, for instance, growing up, my mother and I quote would tell her, like, growing up, oh, my mother, she's my grandmother, would tell her, well, you can grow up to be president if you want to, but that wasn't true, and she couldn't. Now, she can look at her grandchildren and tell them. If you want to grow up to be president, you can. So? And it's been proven that you can. Yes, you can. Before that, there were jobs and stuff that we didn't think we can have. Now we have the presidency. So if I have a child, oh male, or, male or female, even though we haven't had a female sitting in that seat yet, who wants for that? Who wants that position? Baby, if you truly and honestly God want that position, you can get it. Listen, we don't need sim- symbolism. We don't need a lame duck president. We don't. We don't, we don't need lame duck candidates. Here's okay, 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 okay. Look, I agree. I'm not saying I. No, no. I mean, but that's what. That's all I'm saying. Well, let me ask you this. So then, let me ask you this. Who do you think is currently, right now, in Congress, who fits the criteria that you say that we need that will get? Excuse me. I'm still not over the full cold, y'all. So y'all gotta work with me on this one. Who? Excuse me. (laughs) Who is still? This is reminiscent. This is reminiscent of my answer. But go ahead. Who do you feel who currently has the criteria that you feel to make change 
in our community and who have basically who has who earned your vote as you call it who So that's, that's my answer. answer. So that's, that's my answer. answer. You ain't, so if that's the case, you ain't voting. <laughs> uh, oh, no. There's somebody who will come with it. The question is. Who is it? Who is it? And and just, you know what? Here's my hope. The mother of Michael Brown is now running locally in her state for office. Mm. Yes, she is. So if she gets. And hopefully she will not be compromised. But if she gets anywhere on the national level, like for Senate, I'm going to be looking for her. I'm going to be looking for her. I was born in St. Louis, raised in Los Angeles. I could go home and become a citizen just to vote for her. Cause, because I can tell that fire, she has, she's, she's motivated. What do you think she's motivated by? Ladies and gentlemen, the mother of Michael Brown, right? What do you think she's motivated? She's not going to be motivated by money. She's not going to be motivated by becoming the first black to do anything. She's motivated to change what happened to her son mm-hmm. for everybody else out there who is going through it. Now, even though my particular passion for African-American to be equal, that's specific to me. But that's okay because that's American. I'm sure to, the, to Latinos, immigration is specific to them. LBGTQ, that's what their passion is, whatever it concerns them. So it's nothing wrong with me saying my interests. Well, no. I don't have to. I, my thing is I don't want to have to look to anybody else and say, well, let's let everybody else get theirs first and be fair. No, 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 no. Let me. Okay, look. Let me, let me, let me. Oh, we've been going, so we got to wrap this up. So look, here's the deal. Everybody knows that this is the case, right? You have somebody working on a job, particularly, again, a person of color. You become the most reliable person on that job. You achieve all of the accolades. You help build the company. You bring up the numbers. But they just won't give you the promotion. What happens? No, 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 no. Oh, but before you leave, they'll put you on Promise Street. And what they'll do is they'll bring in someone else for you to train. And you'll train them and train them and train them. And basically what you're doing is you're training them to be your boss. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't know it yet. You kind of know it. But what happens is, is that once they become your boss, once they get the promotion that you've been fighting for for many, 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 many years, not only are you, you know, you're despondent, but now this person who you train gets to come in and tell you what your new hours are going you know, you've had you've earned these hours, but your boss now wants to change the policy so he can manage it better according to what you taught him or her. And what I'm saying is, is that when you talked about jobs, yes, we are marching to get those jobs. But you want to make sure that when you get that job, that that's that's not the job you're you're not fighting for that type of employment experience. You want to be recognized for who you are. You want to be rewarded for who you are. But what happens is it's better to go ahead and start your own business and create your own jobs. If you create your own jobs, you're going to build your own community. I'm just going to leave it for you, ladies and gentlemen, and even you, Miss Mason. Can you can you imagine any other group who has done that? I think there are several examples. Oh sure. But what I'm but here's the thing. All right, so let, okay, so that that's that's my rant. Any 
else you want to say about this election? Can we? Uh, do you want to talk about? Uh, do you want to talk? Okay, so look, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna pause for a second, and we're gonna get back with part two. We'll be back. In the meantime, if you like this episode, please listen, comment, share. We welcome the comments, but as Tina Turner says, you better be good to me. <laughs>